will um, quickly go into where we've been on the subject matter, and we can take it up from there. The where we've been is we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and how He helps us. His help is defined in Scripture. You know, when we say the Holy Spirit is a helper, just as it's been said in the Scripture, says that, and I will send you another comforter. Shall pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. In the Amplified, you see that it says, I will send you another helper. Now ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. So it's, it's defined what is his help in our life. Um, when someone doesn't know how to walk with the Holy Spirit, you see, he'll be guiding him into certain things, and then the person will not be able to understand the guidance and know what to do with it. For example, if you found yourself praying and you stumbled into some spiritual reality, like you began to say some things, Look at Psalm 78. I'll read verse 2. Verse 2, it says, I will open my mouth. And, and this is where we are coming to today. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. See, the Holy Spirit helps us in utterance. The psalmist here says, um, says something very powerful. He says, I will open my mouth. I will utter. See, when I open my mouth, I'm giving utterance. So I'll open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Now, from the, from the beginning, we talked about the utterance in prophecy and revelation. This is, a, this is a skill or a spiritual skill that you need to master. If you're going to understand the supernatural, you have to know how to... Um, uh, carry your words, know how to understand the words that come out of your mouth. When you read the book of um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it said, Be not drunk with wine, wherein in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Then verse 19 says, speaking. You see, anytime you see the Spirit, check the Bible, anytime you see the Spirit, one of the first things you see, not the only thing, but one of the first things you see is speaking. Speaking, filled with the Spirit, speaking. Anyone who is filled with the Spirit, you start knowing from their words. So the first one we talked about, um, utterance in prophecy and revelation. Then we came to utterance in confessions and declaration. Now I want to look at that. Um, these two that we've mentioned, remember that we talked about utterance towards God and utterance towards men. Jesus Christ said something in the book of Matthew. Can we go there? When you read Matthew chapter 10, verse 27, he says, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. 
Other versions say, what I tell, tell you in secret, that speak ye in the light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Now, you see there that one, these two things, one is in darkness, one is in the light. One is in the ear, one is on the housetops. Now, this is what he's referring to. You see these two utterances, one toward men, one toward God. One is a private utterance, one is a public utterance. The utterance towards God is always a private utterance. Now, this is where some Christians get it wrong. For me personally, all right, um, except you are in a position where you need to answer something, all right, which would be in line with your previous confession. I don't think that the confessions you make, the faith proclamations you make, are meant for those outside. Our prayer language, our prayer, Jesus Christ talked about the Pharisees who pray in hypocrisy. He said, because when they pray like, like that, you know, they want, they want the attention of the people. So speaking in tongues, for example, now we look at the utterance towards God. Speaking in tongues, all right, is not meant for your neighborhood. You know, of course, I understand that sometimes you could be praying and you are, you, you are there. And you're in that place where you just want to scream. I understand that. I've had that a couple of times. But majority of the time, when I'm praying, you can even barely hear me. You know, I started learning how to preach, uh, how to pray loudly. I started learning when I became a leader. You know why? Because sometimes you have new members, you have new brethren, and everything they will become is what you've taught them. So sometimes you have to pray for them to know how to pray. Other than that, I didn't even like praying loudly at all. For one, I thought it expends too much energy. So if I want to tarry in prayer for long, I have to economize the energy. You see, today I was teaching someone techniques in prayer. The person was laughing. And I said, when you hear people say they have prayed for long, there's a lot of wisdom behind it. You see, there's a, there, there could be a place in the prayer where it's no longer mechanical, where you can see the spirit takes over. At that time, you don't get tired, you don't get... Where you are, but before you get there, you have to economize the energy. When you start off prayer shouting, when anybody starts off prayer shouting, I know he doesn't pray for long. Because not long after your, your tummy, the sides, you start feeling, you know that this is by the flesh. Your spirit is not carrying it again. You see? So these are private utterances. You're speaking in tongues, they're private utterance. Now, the Bible says that, uh, blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake. That means you can be persecuted for foolishness. You are in a house and majority of them don't believe in speaking in tongues. And they've not yet come to accept you for speaking in tongues. You don't have to create a scene. You are making noise. You are a fool. You understand? He said, no. The word of God said, unnecessary fight. You see, pastor, my parents said I should not pray again in the house. Why did, how did they hear you? Pastor, my parents said I should not fast again. Would they put their food in your mouth? 
You see, some of those things are not necessary. These are private utterances. You don't have to groan for everybody to know you are groaning. You see, they are private. These are things that are private. Now, when I say they are private, it doesn't always mean that um, you are um, hiding somewhere. It's a private utterance because you can be in the midst of people like this and it's still a private utterance. You're praying and you see you have, you have turned your focus. It's between you and God. People ask me, Pastor, why do you lie down when you pray? Apart from it being a prayer, prayer position, it's also another re- there's also another reason why I lie down when I pray. Because I, I'm always trying to create that room ambience. Because prayer of somebody walking here, passing here, is not my thing. And I'm seeing somebody is jumping off the, this one asleep, you know. This, it's like, actually, for me, corporate prayer is very, it's quite difficult for me. I don't like, I don't really like it. I only come and call for corporate prayer when the Lord asks me to, but I don't really love it like that. I like, you know, alone, because that's the point of prayer. And if you can master the, 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 uh, private utterance, you can master the secrecy in prayer, you see that you'll be a, a Lord in public utterance. So you utter a prophetic word and it comes to pass. You say something and it comes to pass. So you see, Jesus Christ talked about the, the, what is happening in the private and what is happening in the public. Of course, if you're in a home where they accept your speaking in tongue, they accept your prayer and all that, and someone left speaking in tongues there, you can reply. You see, someone said, Kela Bola, I say, Rabba Bo 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 Bo. So you can enjoy yourself over there. But that's not prayer. You want to engage in prayer, you have to understand private utterance and public utterance. So we'll go to the part we are on for today. So we've talked about in the, in the public utterance, um, utterance towards men, we talk about the utterance in prophecy and revelation, the promise, uh, utterance in confession and declaration. And I explained that on, on, on Sunday. I'm sure everybody understood that, right? You understood that Jesus is Lord, right? Yeah. So the third one is utterance in preaching and teaching. Utterance in preaching and teaching. Let's look at Acts chapter 4. I'll read from verse 6, or maybe from verse 5. Now, this after Peter has healed a man from, uh, called, uh, at the temple, and uh, they got into a little bit of trouble after that. So let's follow the story. It says, and it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. Verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? So Peter is about to preach. Because they've asked him a very important question. By what power or by what name have you done this? Verse 8. He says, then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, let me, let me, let me bring a little perspective here. Now, in, uh, you see that while I'm teaching this topic, I've brought uh, some Old Testament examples and I've brought some New Testament examples. Most of the time you will see in the Old Testament that and this is so moved by the Holy Ghost or the Spirit came upon this person. 
Now, in the New Testament, you usually see filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me help you with that. Now, in the Old Testament, they did not have the Holy Spirit in them. The, the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit was not available to them. So the Holy Spirit always acted as an outside force to them. So the person has to be moved by the Holy Ghost. The person has to, um, ha- the Spirit has to come upon the person, you know, um, the Spirit will come upon Elijah. The Bible says the hand of God came upon Elijah and he outran. You see, the hand of God came upon Ezekiel. Those were the experiences they had. But in the New Testament, the hand of God has not come upon us. Whatever they experienced by the hand of God coming upon them, you see, in the New Testament, we get filled with the Holy Spirit because our experience with the Holy Spirit is that He is already in us. And what the Bible says is that we should be filled with the Holy Spirit, not wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Did you get that? So you see that in the New Testament, the Lord says, then Peter filled, someone say filled. He said, then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them. You see, Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said. Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said. So, Peter started preaching here, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Now, it looks like um, he's going to preach an obvious message. He's going to talk about Jesus Christ. When you read it in context, you see that that's what he did. He preached about Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, when you, you, you preach or you teach, you have to be given utterance. You have to be given what to say. Last two weeks Wednesday, I, I read a scripture. Let's go back to Isaiah 50, verse 4. The Lord God had given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. You see, he said, he has given me the tongue of the learned so that I should know how to speak a word, all right, in season to him that is weary. So for example... You've gone to meet someone who is weary. What would you say? You've gone to meet someone who is in despair. What would you say? You see, you've gone to meet someone who is sick. What would you say? You've gone to meet someone, and sometimes the person is going through that thing and it's inside the person. You see, the person doesn't want to share it with anyone. What would you say? Every time we step out, we step out um, uh, to win souls. You see, every time we step out to win souls, we go on the wings of a supernatural basis. You see, we don't go like we are going to, you know, that's why I don't like it when people use, oh, I went, I saw five people, I saw five, uh, five people and I talked to them. We, we are not talking to people. When you go outside to preach, you are not talking to people. It's not a normal, oh, I, I saw four people and I talked to them. No, we go out to bring them words that God would have brought them if God was walking on the street. See, we bring them words. We bring them accurate words. We bring them words from God. So that's one reason why people don't like to go out to preach is because they are wondering what they, what they will say when they go. But you see, when you go out to preach, even me coming out to come and sit here to teach, I always make sure that I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, I would save my mind. You know, there are many times that I've said, oh, I'm going to church. Okay, I'm going to teach on this. I'm going to teach on that. Then you're praying and the Holy Spirit says, no, teach on that, teach on this. Then gives you, all right, talk about this, talk about that. Why? Because you see, when it comes to ministering, you're talking about preaching and teaching. It has to be done with the right utterance. I'll show you a few scriptures. Um, Let's look at Matthew chapter 10. 
I'll start reading from verse 17, Matthew chapter 10. Someone took the first part of this verse out of context and said, see, even the Bible says, beware of men. He says, but beware of men. Now that's talking about men and women, okay? For they will deliver you up to the councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues. Now, Jesus is talking to his disciples, telling them what will happen in the latter day well, after he has left. All right? He's telling, after he has left, he says, look, beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils. Now, I think that if anybody in this world should have had people stand up for him or defend him at the time of his trial, it should have been Jesus. At least there are 5,000 people that were fed. So you understand why he said beware of men? No, at least, let's take the sick people out. Let's say they are still recovering. Who are the 5,000 people that ate? When people were taking, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. These people should have stood up and said, no, 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 he fed us. He fed us. See, but Jesus said, beware of men. Human love is so fickle. Remember the scripture I read on Sunday? The Bible says, the spirit has to, has to come around my side to say, die now we. Because if a human being tells you, I, I'm with you, run for your life. Hmm. Human being. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why people's hearts keep getting broken. Not, the, not boyfriend, girlfriend. You have to understand. The Bible says that Jesus Christ knew what was in man. So he did not commit himself to man. Anytime you are telling somebody a secret that you know that you don't want it anywhere, you have to count the, the thing that you are telling the person that if it comes out, you can manage. Because your best friend has a best friend. Oh no, pastor, I, I trust my best friend. I trust my best friend. It's because you are still in 2023. If God has shown you 2026, where you and your friend will be? Beware of men. I mean, Peter, James, John, Andrew, everybody saw them. Now, you have to understand in those days, in those days, the population was not as big as today. So if 5,000 people were in one person's crusade, it was a big deal. You, you have to understand that. Today, 5,000 people were in one person's room. I mean, there are so many people in Accra. But in that time, 5,000 people in one person's crusade, he goes to the seashore, they are there. He goes to the desert, they are there. In fact, they follow him to the most... Interesting places. There was unassuming places. They'll follow him there. As though like, you know, we are with him. Did I ever tell you this story? I was preaching somewhere, 2012, 11 or 12. I was preaching somewhere, all right? And it was a fellowship that I started. So I met one, two people. I started winning them together. Now I started noticing that four, five, the fellowship was growing, 10, you know, we're having prayer meetings. Sometimes we didn't even have venue. They'll follow me. We'll go to under the street. We'll pray. So I impacted them so much that they, I mean, they, some of them even followed me to church. So today some of them are in church. Now, one of the ladies was so impacted by by what I was doing with her. So she said, well, she's going to preach in a whole class. So she preached the whole class that day and it was so powerful that guess what? The whole class 
emptied into our fellowship meeting that day. Yeah. Now, guess what I decided to preach that day? Life and immortality. That you can choose not to die. Everybody left the meeting. They all left the meeting in, in confusion. How can you say you, you cannot die? How can you say, hey, 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 hey. So I asked my question, do you want to die? They said, how can you say we not die? How can you say that? So all the people who are dead, what are we going to say? How can you say that? How can you say that? You know, my grandmother was a Christian. She died. This one, confusion. The last people left were my members. They all sat down. Well, I consoled the lady. I said, I tried. They all left my meeting. Everybody left. Everybody left. So I thought I had done something terrible. When I got back, I'm like, Lord, did I preach the right thing? Then the Lord led me to a verse of, a verse of scripture, a chapter of scripture where Jesus was preaching. And a few days before that, the people had gathered and he, he fed them. 5,000 people, they fed all of them. The next time they came, when he looked at, the, he looked at them, he said, these people came not because of the message. Because the first time, they didn't know there was any bread. But you see, <laughs> they didn't know there was any bread. They, out of, you know, zeal for God, they were there three days. They didn't even realize they were hungry. Jesus had to tell them, when they are going, that's when they will feel hungry. Has it ever happened to you? You were in church and no hunger is like, no, nah, like I, I don't feel like eating, I don't feel like eating. You know, you just want to be the bread of God. You can be here. Normally, by afternoon, you're hungry. You can be in chair till three, four, you're not hungry. But when you step out and you're going home, you just start noticing that you're hungry. You see, so then when they were in Jesus' meeting, and while they were in Jesus' meeting, they started, um, you know, three days they were there. Now, Jesus told, uh, told them, told the disciples that these guys were on their way home. That's when they will feel it and they will faint on the way. All right, so let's get them a miracle. So Jesus gets the bread, this, um, shares it to them. Everybody eats and wonderful. The next time, they went to tell their friends, share free food. <laughs> wow. They said, hey, hey, you people don't know, there is food, free food, that Messiah, Messiah, is not only preaching, oh, food is there. So they came with another heart. And when Jesus saw that, Jesus did not say, hmm, I'll give it to them. Jesus said, if you are not here because of the word, you, can, you might as well be hungry. People say, pastors should take care of the poor. Pastors should take care of the poor. Who told you? Why didn't Jesus Christ give them the bread the second time? If the people come there with that motive, the pastor has every right to not. I don't, I remember when, when, when I started pastoring this church, there was a man, all right, who also started a fellowship around the same time. And anybody who goes into that fellowship gets free honeysuckle. Do you know honeysuckle? You don't know honeysuckle. Anybody who goes there was getting free on his circle. Every day, every time they go for fellowship. So one of my cell leaders came to tell me, he said, sir, there's this man. And I said, what was he using? Food. I said, the fellowship will not last. So two ways. I, you see, eh? when you come here, what I offer is the word of God. If you're looking for something else, is there something where else you have to go? <laughs> There's somewhere else you have to go. One time I saw some people were, someone had posted a, a new church that had been built. It was a very beautiful church. And that church had been built. Come and see comment session. The church should have built factory. You, you, something must be wrong with you. 
They should have used the man that they used to build a church to build a factory. What's the government doing? What's the work of your government? The church will build factories so that the government will do what? Dance. Everybody should focus on what they are. <laughs> Rubbish. Did they build any factory? Did the apostles build any factory? Do you know any factory they built? Paul, if you didn't build any factory, or too much is wrong with you. These are my heroes. These are my mentors. Meanwhile, we pay tax so that government will build a factory. I pay tax in this country. Said, the church should build industries and, and, and some of them will say, should build free school. So that how would the school be run? You said people should not pay tithes. They should not give offering. But the, government, but the, the church should build free school. So that how would, the free school, they use what? Bible or, or we, we lay hands on the teachers as they are. As they are they, 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 you can see that they've not gone to school. No, 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 you can see they've not gone to school because to run an organization is a different thing. Even, you, you know, NGOs are run professionally. But you say, oh, NGO is just to dash money to the uh, uh, less privilege. It must be run professionally. How money comes inside? So when you listen to people like, like I say, this one, you've not gone to school. You have to go to, you see, that's the problem. Well, that's not why I'm here. But beware of men, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> beware of men. Human love is fickle. You see, when sometimes you think, and, and pastors face this a lot. Pastors face this a lot. You see a pastor who has helped some members so much, some brethren so much, you know, when they get opportunity to betray the pastor, they do it wholeheartedly. It's true. But Jesus said, he didn't commit himself to man because he knew what was in man. Don't put yourself in a condition where, or a situation where, you know, someone's betrayal would dent you for life. You don't need it. You don't need it. So let's continue. For they'll deliver you up to the councils and they'll scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, he said, take no thoughts. How or what you shall speak? For it shall be given you in that same hour. Oh, if you have preached, if you have preached before, you understand this very well. Come on. How many of you have preached the gospel before? You preach to a friend, you preach in a bus. Let me see your hand. Can you, can you relate? Yes. It shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. The Holy Spirit, okay, it shall be given you by who? See, the Holy Spirit will give you words to speak at that time. He gives you utterance in preaching. In declaring the word of God. He gives you utterance in preaching. You see, you find yourself going to preach to people. Then all of a sudden, you just find out that their words are coming out of your mouth. Words are coming out of your mouth. Words are coming out of your mouth. He said, it shall be given you. So you see, in this kingdom, we don't necessarily have to premeditate what we are going to say. It shall be given us what we shall speak. That's why we have no fear. 
When we are going to preach anywhere, we're going to talk about Jesus anywhere, we have no fear. Why? Because we know when we get there, it shall be given us what we shall speak. Because of the Holy Ghost. You see, that's why we take time to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you go out there, you know, the, the words are given you. You see, all of a sudden, it's like you are like a chatterbox. You see, that's why. And sometimes when people even ask you questions, they hey, what about this? Some answer you did not know before, all of a sudden, you begin to answer. Wow. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit and you have not started preaching the gospel, let me tell you this. You have not um, come to a certain place in your Christian work. There's a place in God that you will never get to until you start preaching. For example, when you become a Christian and you're always praying and worshiping and praying and worshiping and praying and worshiping and studying your Bible and praying, it will get to a time you ask yourself, what again? Because you are pouring into you, no outlet. Sharing the gospel with others is one of the ways that we, we, we tap into realms inside God. You, 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 you encounter things, you encounter um, the power of God. For example, if you have never uh, understood the power of God, God has never done anything through you, or you have not probably prayed for the sick to be healed, go out and see. Go out and see. When you start preaching the gospel, there's something that comes with it. See, there you understand the friendship of the Holy Ghost. He's the one working inside and you are doing the outside job. Every time we go out for soul winning, he never leaves us alone. He's always there with us. In fact, the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. The evidence that you have the Holy Spirit is your passion for souls. Why? Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the, for the popular scripture. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after which the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Judea and uh, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. He says, you shall receive power after with the Holy Ghost come upon you. And what will happen is that you shall be my witnesses. How you know that you have the Holy Spirit is your passion for souls. Preaching. Preaching. Can you imagine? Let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. See that? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God. He says the gospel is the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. The gospel is the power of God. God has no other power to save anybody in this world except the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God. That means anytime the gospel is preached, it means the power of God has been released. No wonder when, when evangelists go out to preach, it's accompanied by so many miracles. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God. I'll come back to this. Go to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. A statement of purpose by Jesus. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he hath anointed me to preach. Ayah. Ayah. He did not anoint me to, to, to concord anything. Kaya. The spirit of God is upon me. You see, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He's, he's not anointing me to get um, 
take a handkerchief and no no he had anointed me to preach so when i stand anywhere and i preach it's because i'm anointed to preach say i'm anointed to preach Every Christian is anointed to preach. And he said, oh, come on. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach. Preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. He didn't say to go and deliver the captives. No, to preach deliverance to the captives. That means they've already been delivered. And just need to go and tell them that, hey, you are delivered. That's the, that's the gospel. The gospel. You know, in the gospel, we are not going to do anything new. Jesus has already done everything. So when we understand the gospel, now let me tell you this. If the gospel you preach cannot be understood by a five-year-old, you are preaching something different. The gospel of Jesus Christ. You no, know, when you catch your five-year-old uh, brother or niece or whatever, don't be telling them, end for Noah. Well, I don't mean the, the game on the, the, that was a very nice game. I, I even like to play it. But don't be there and say, B for Bathsheba, C for Cain. D for Daniel, E for Elijah, F for Fanta. <laughs> you see, don't, don't, don't be doing that. Preach the gospel. They understand. Yes. They should understand that Jesus died. Jesus was born by a virgin. He grew up. He died. He rose again. And now he's seated with the father. Come on. That's the gospel. So Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he had, he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted and not to break more hearts. Wow. Or oh, you say it's, you are doing both. To preach deliverance to the captives. To preach deliverance to the captives. It's a preaching thing. We tell them that Jesus has made you whole. Jesus has paid. You see, you know, the gospel is not this. The gospel is not, when you believe, Jesus pays. No. no think about it. It's, so people preach as though, Jesus is about to destroy you. Believe now. When you believe, then they send your receipts. Okay, now you have paid. <laughs> no. Jesus has paid for every single person, including that your friend who has refused to be a Christian. Jesus has already paid. He's not waiting for him to believe to pay. Rather, because Jesus has already paid, when he believes, it is recorded to his accounts. Jesus has paid. And because Jesus has paid, we have that obligation and that responsibility to tell someone else. That's why we preach. So the Holy Ghost gives you words. Did I tell you how I was going to preach in a bus and I was not sure what I was going to say? Because I said the Bible in um, English and to preach in tree was going to be a Herculean task. So I was thinking, and, and you know that one of the most difficult things, people don't know that, for a pastor, I'll come to that, is deciding what you preach. At least fellowship leaders have been having fellowship meeting now so they understand. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know something you know you know so much but what are you going to say i remember when you know there were these guys who wanted to you know they wanted to be pastors well pastor i said relax i said you'll be preach you'll be tired you preach you'll be tired because you know it feels, it feels like when you stand you can say you can you can 
sometimes people come to church and they are looking at Pastor Enoch like this. Hey, if they give me this microphone, I will scatter everywhere. Yes, everywhere will actually scatter. <laughs> you know, they are looking at you like, ah, oh, they'll finish everywhere. Finish everywhere. See, if you start preaching for one year and you, <laughs> after six months, you realize you don't know anything. You know, if a message is in your mind, eh, it's like you know a lot. When you start preaching it, <laughs> they've given you one, one hour to preach. 15 minutes, and every revelation is finished. You finish it. See, then you see yourself going back and back and back. You tell them, see, that's why. But in 15 minutes, you will preach on Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the apostles. <laughs> you will start. You will start. Is that, you see, that's what Jesus died for us. And that's why he sent us the Holy Spirit. So you have to know how to speak in tongues. When you speak in tongues, you see, then you prophesy when you speak in tongues. And everything you are saying is five minutes. Then you finished. Uh-huh. Yes. That's what I've been telling you. <laughs> that's what I've been telling you. I've been telling you. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Oh, la Why? Your message is finished. Your message is finished. Your message is finished. <laughs> you know, there are some people, they think, they think preaching, you know, program preaching is different too. Some people, they jump from church to church and they are preaching in programs so they, they think they know something. Eh? To pastor a church, you preach Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, lockdown, I was preaching every day. To be a pastor, <laughs> To be a part, you know, that's why people who say things like, ah, church, it's a lucrative business. Start. And I promise on my honor that anybody who thinks it is a lucrative business that wants to start, I want to buy you 50 chairs to start with in 1,000 cities. Just go. <laughs> Just go. Just go. Just go. Just go. I'm not wishing you bad. Just go. Okay, what will you say? When you go there, what will you say? Check, you, wait, you will use money to what? Get a venue because you have money. What is the cost of healing the sick? What's the cost of speaking a word that comes to pass? Or what? You will do what? Gimmicks. You do gimmicks every Sunday. They will catch you. <laughs> gimmicks every Sunday. Don't do gimmicks every Sunday. Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. Gimmicks every day. No, it's just a matter of time. It will catch up with you. It's catch up with you. See, but you see, when you have the Holy Spirit, He gives you words. Every Sunday, I'm so grateful to God. Every Sunday I come, He puts words in my mouth. Every Wednesday, He puts words in my mouth. He had sent me to preach the gospel to the poor, and He says to preach deliverance to the captives and recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Continue. To preach, come on, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What's the acceptable year of the Lord? The Jubilee. Jubilee is when people's debts are cancelled. So he has sent us to preach that we are in God's Jubilee and your debts of sin are cancelled. And that's what he sent us to go and do, to go and tell people that, hey, no, God is not looking to kill you because you are in the club. God is not looking to destroy you because you are chasing someone's husband. Even though it's bad, right? But to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, that God is not tagging it to, your, to you. You see, God said I should come and tell you that all that has been canceled. All that has been canceled. 
to preach. So what will you say when you go? He said he will put words to your mouth. Let's look at it in the book of Luke. Jesus said the same thing in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 21. Let's start reading from verse 13. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. He's talking about the same thing. Suddenly, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. Come on. He said, don't, don't, be, th- don't be meditating in your heart what you, you will say. Say suddenly in your heart that you will not meditate, you say, you, 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 um, not to meditate before what you shall answer. Now, as a pastor, sometimes, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm using myself as an example because in your world, you are, your, you are the, the pastor of your world. You see, sometimes I'm, I'm coming to church and that's, um, of course, years ago, of course, now I've learned enough not to do that. So years ago, when I'm going to church like this, I'm going to preach in a program. I start planning the program. When I go, I'll say this. When I say, I'll say, praise the Lord. When I say, praise the Lord, then I'll say, hallelujah. Then maybe I've, I've copied one or two lines from Pastor Chris preaching. Isn't it not wonderful to be here? So I've, I've already, I've already, I've already, okay, so now I'll say, I'll turn to it and say, isn't it not wonderful to be here? So I've planned, I've planned all those things. That, okay, then I'll start, I'll start preaching from this, this, this. I've planned everything. Listen, when I get on stage, if I try to go by that plan, the meeting has not moved. But when I release it to the Holy Spirit, it starts putting words in my mouth. Now, something happened when I traveled to Seychelles. I was preaching on oh, how important utterance is. I'm preaching on making changes. I'm preaching on making changes. And all of a sudden, I veer off the topic, not because, because some people veer off their topic because they don't have anything to say. Not because I don't have anything to say. All of a sudden, I start talking about how can you be married and you are beating your wife? How can you... How can you be married and, and this and, 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 and uh, you are, I think I said something about if someone hurts you in a way, you definitely get revenge, you know? Now, how can you be doing that to your wife? You are full of, I start talking about love. But this is not what I'm talking about. So I left it. I came back to what I'm preaching. Then I fear off again and talk about the same thing. So I thought this is just a, a side example. Now we close the service. One man walks up to me. And he was a very strategic man because throughout the trip, he helped us a lot. Very, very nice man. Very, very good man. He comes to me and says, Pastor Enoch, what you preach today has saved my marriage. I said, about what changes? He said, no, I'm the man that if you step on my leg, I'll show you Pepe. Because I think I said something like that. He said, because I show a lot of people, uh, people a lot of pepper. Now, you will never know this man shows pepper because when, every time we were out with him, he looked so calm, so sweet, so nice. But meanwhile, at home, he was showing a lot of pepper. Now, now, on the day we were flying out, he came to me again and said, thank you for today's message. You just saved my marriage. Thank God for our trans. See, because without utterance, I'm going to talk about how to change your life. This man doesn't need change of life. He needs to save his home. <laughs> you see, how to change your life with the word of God for $50 billion. He doesn't need $50 billion. See, I'm a preacher of the gospel. See, I'm a preacher of righteousness. Yeah. 
Sometimes you will carry your phone and you say, I want to preach on my status today. What will I say? He says, settle it therefore in your heart, not to meditate before what ye shall answer. Verse 15. For I will give you mouth and wisdom. Oh. Give it to me in the NIV. You see the, 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 the word he used over there. But I will give you words. See that? I will give you words. I will give you words. Matthew says, it shall be given you what to say. He said, I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Someone you are going to preach to, when you are giving words, all of a sudden, all the questions he wants to ask, you're already answering them. When you are giving words. That's why we go out full of the Holy Ghost. Then the words that come out of our mouth, all of a sudden, they are answering their questions. We are showing for hard sentences. They ask us questions and, and we are calm. We are calm. So, okay, this question you ask is very simple. This and this and this and this and that. And you start answering. You see, you start answering. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm a preacher of righteousness. You see. So, you see, you look in, 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 in the Bible. So, you go to Psalm 81. Psalm 81. Verse 10. I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, I will fill it. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. It doesn't mean, do this. No. No. It's exactly what I read to you, the first scripture, Psalm 78 verse 2. I will open my mouth. You see, go there, Psalm 78 verse 2. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter. See, when I open my mouth, I will utter. Did you see that? When I open my mouth. So sometimes you're going to preach, you've gone to the place and nothing has come out. And you don't even know where you're going to start. Where you're going to start. Don't be afraid. Just say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I came here to share with you. Meanwhile, you, you, there's nothing to share. But you tell me, I came here to share with you. Then all of a sudden, oh, if, if you have ever preached, you know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, there's one thing coming out of your mouth. Then all of a sudden, there's another thing coming out of your mouth. Then there's another thing coming out of your mouth. So you see, then you that, you are, you are not even sure of what to preach. You've been preaching for 45 minutes. Some people are wondering, hey, when will this ever happen to me? <laughs> then all of a sudden, scriptures that... You, 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 you knew, but you were not sure where they were. You can tell. You can say, uh-huh, it's actually in Psalms, you know. He said, I will give you words and wisdom. Words and wisdom. Words and wisdom. Words and wisdom. He said that none of your adversaries will be able to gain say. The Holy Spirit helps us in utterance, in preaching. And teaching. See, preaching, preaching the gospel, he gives us words. So we can be bold, we can be confident because he helps us. He helps us. Now, when you don't preach the gospel, there's a there's a there's a a type of friendship you cannot have with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you why. Because there's no mutual interest. How many of you agree with me that it's more sustainable to have a friend who is doing something you are doing? Well, let me see. Do you agree? 
You will make a better friend with a vision partner. For example, in marriage, there are two kinds of union explained in the Bible. There's union of control. You know union of control? Union of control is, I want to have sex. You want to have sex. I'm a Christian, you're a Christian. Let's marry. You are laughing. So the guy looks at the lady. You're a nice Christian lady. I'm a nice Christian lady. We can marry. And is it correct? Yes. Yes. In, in the sense that Paul said to, to prevent fornication, let every man have his own wife. So union of control is to control. So just so that I don't go have sex somewhere, so let's marry. But that's not the highest form. Paul was addressing the Corinthian church because so many things were going on in there. And he says that instead of, okay, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. He said, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman her own husband. Maybe I should start from verse 1. Now, concerning the things whereof he wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Now, it's because something was going on in the Corinthian church. Let me tell you what was going on there. Hmm. You want to know? You're not going to know. All right, so what was going on in the Corinthian church was this. The city of Corinth, all right, had a certain festival. It was a practice that even the Christians were going to do it. It was a festival. As you say, it was a sex festival. Yeah. So, so people can even go there and you see your auntie over there. Yeah. And because it's a, they did it in honor of Diane, the goddess. It's a festival. So, so who can have sex in the sex festival and even ha have sex with their mother-in-law? That's the festival. So the people were writing to Paul to ask that, should they do it or they should not? <laughs> no, 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 you are laughing. They didn't have Bible. And they were gentle, they didn't have Bible. You have to understand, you, it's different. For example, why do you think Paul wrote to the Ephesians that do not be drunk with wine where it nurses? It's, on, it's like, on, it's not a, a relevant, like why, why would that, does he have to bring that? Because what was happening was that the, uh, the Ephesus, well, uh, Ephesus, Ephesus, New York should even relax. Ephesus, Ephesus was a dangerous town. So in Ephesus, in Ephesus, one of the uh, major things that used to happen in Ephesus was that um, the, because of the weather, all right, and different other circumstances as well because of those things. So drinking was like a part of their culture, not just for drunkenness. It was part of, it's like those who say the weather is cold, so I have to smoke. So Paul, in writing, was very strategic and he didn't say that, don't drink at all. Because nobody will come to the church again. But it was part of their life. Okay, let's continue. Let's look at this. First, um, now concerning the things whereof he wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. That means if you have your own wife, you have your own husband, you are free. Verse 3. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Remove the scripture now. He said, let's have <laughs> Uh, said due benevolence. <laughs> so that's union of control. You see, they are trying to control their 
Because Paul used a certain word. He said, nevertheless, if you are burning, burning, you said like you are burning. So if you are burning, he said, go and marry. You are burning. Hey. <laughs> so that's your control. Now, the, the highest form as explained in scripture is um, union of vision. Union of vision. In union of vision, the two people have mutual interests. They are together for a reason. See, there's one vision. Like when Eve came on the scene, Adam already had, had a job he was doing. All right? Uh, in the Bible, I, as I was reading, I didn't see that Eve really joined him to do the work. See, but God had already given Adam work and Eve was a helpmeet. Because if Eve, I think, my own opinion, if I think that if Eve had job, what do you think? She was idle, I tell you. So God, you know, that's one thing about that's one thing about men. If they really love him, because Adam had never seen anything like this. Oh, he was used to tiger and hippopotamus. He has never seen any creature like this, like so nice, nice, beautiful, you know, shape. And on, on top of it, to naked. Ah, no. He couldn't believe it. And you can imagine that if, you know, God is the first, you know, right now, all of us here now, we are the, um, we are the, uh, like, uh, we are the work of our parents. See, I told, I told, I told you before that God is not, God did not create you, all right? Sorry. So that's why you have your father's ear, you know, God not create you. It is, in a more general sense, God created everybody. But in a more specific sense, it's your father's genes, your mother's genes came together. So you look exactly like one of them. You see, that's not God going to a laboratory to create you. But if it was someone that God created, do you understand? Because yes. imagine how fine, if God is going to make someone fine like this. So Adam could not believe. Adam said, don't work, don't work, don't work. I don't look at the creature that's going to work. Nah, nah. No, I'll do everything. You, I'll go to the farm. I'll do everything. You wait. You, I'll just be feeding. So she was idle. As she was idle, then the devil came. Because someone who is busy, they, they can't engage you in that kind of conversation. Well, that's what I think. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. So it's important that we understand how um, the Holy Spirit helps us to preach and also to teach, okay? Colossians chapter four. Thank you, Lord. Verse two, it says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Now, pay attention to this. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Amazing. Without praying also for us. You see, there are not many times Paul asked people to pray for him. I don't know how important this is. That not many times Paul asks people to pray for him. Like, oh, pray for me. You see, that my business will do well. No. There are many, many times that Paul prayed. Pray for me that demons will not attack me. No. There are, many times, there are not many times that Paul asks people to pray for him. But this is one time that he asked that they pray for him. It's actually two, two times that he asked people to pray for him. This is number one. He said, without praying also for us, that God would open 
unto us a door of utterance to speak, oh, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. He said he should open a door of utterance so that we'll speak the mystery of Christ. Because you need utterance to speak the mystery. Knowing it is not enough, you need an, a door of utterance. There's, there's, he said, pray for us that we will have a door of utterance. Give it to me in the NIV. He said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message. A door of utterance. Go to the book of Ephesians. Chapter 6, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now, you notice that in Colossians, it talked about devoting in prayer. Then he talked. So you see again, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Continue. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me. Lift your hands. You know, this is one prayer that not only do you pray for yourself, you pray for your pastor. You pray for your pastor. Father, we pray for, your, for our pastor that, Lord, there's a door of utterance given him, that utterance is given to him, so that when he comes, he will speak what he's supposed to say. He says, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me. You know, when you're, if you, pray, if you, if you preach, of course, not everybody here should be preaching. When you preach, one of the most important things to pray about is utterance. Personally, I pray more than I study. While none is unimportant, I pray more than I study because I, I discover the secret that when I pray, when I come out, I speak what I'm supposed to say. People know different things. Some people know things. They can come and share different things with you and, uh, and God. You know, Israel, the, the Israel, the meaning of Israel is not what is written over there. You know, written, saying different kind of things, things that you can use, things you cannot use. You know, the tiger in the Bible is a vegetable. You know, it's different, different things. But what is important is an utterance. So that when the, when, the, when the leader comes or when you go to preach or when you go to speak the mystery of Christ, he says, what, what will happen? You will know what to say. So let's look at it. He said, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Continue. For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You see, there's a way you ought to speak. There's what you have to say when you are sharing the gospel. There's what you have to say. When you don't pray concerning utterance, you go and say your mind. You have to pray concerning utterance. So the Holy Spirit will help you in preaching and in teaching. So you find yourself, when you're, when you're teaching, it's like, it's like water is being poured on people. You answer their questions. Many times people have said this over and over again. Oh, when I came to church, I had a question. Sometimes when people say they have questions, I say, wait, let me finish. Why? Because I know by the time I'm done, their question would have been answered. How, how am I so confident? Because I pray concerning utterance. So because I'm giving utterance by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I'm preaching, I just notice that the Holy Spirit just um, picks um, an example that I never thought about. I just, then while in the service, while you're looking at me, it's like I have everything put together. But while I'm there, it's like, I'm with the Holy Ghost. We are, we are arranging everything. The Holy Ghost said, put this first, put this there, put this there. And sometimes I'm coming to church and I've prayed for the whole time and I don't, still don't know what to go and preach. But vim! You understand? Because I cannot say that, hey, there's nothing to preach. Please tell everybody that there's nothing to preach. I can't do that. So vim! I'm carrying myself like, today is today. But there's nothing. There's nothing. Sometimes by the time I climb, the Holy Spirit says, 
talk on this. Use the scripture, use the scripture. Okay, 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 okay. Then I'm putting it down quickly. Quick. One time, the man of God, Pastor Chris, preached a message. If you go on the PCD or you see it, seven, seven steps to persistent productivity or something. One of those messages. There, there are quite a number, seven, 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 all right? So he said that message. He also came to church. He was wondering what he's going to preach. You're wondering, Pastor Chris. It's not that the person doesn't know something. Know the Bible. You can know the Bible. I can start. I can start Genesis, and you can be on Genesis one for for when I was uh, doing the expose on the Book of Romans. One one we're on Romans one for how many of you remember? Lockdown. I was on Romans one for for days, if not weeks. Romans one we're just there. We did not leave. I, I said I'm going to do an expose. You know, it's not like the person does not know something, but that he will speak what he ought to speak. That one is by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to give him the words. So the man of God, Pastor Chris, went, while he was standing there, he says, all those seven points started coming. All those seven points. Then he picked a pen and a book, wrote it down. Quickly. Utterance. Utterance. Go to that book, uh, Luke chapter 21 uh, again, verse 15. He said, for I will give you a mouth and a wisdom which all your adversaries cannot, shall not be able to gain sin or resist. Continue. Go to the, the Matthew version of it. I think it was Matthew 10. Matthew 10. We're at verse 18. Matthew 10, verse 18. He said unto him, Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verse 18. And shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for testimony against them and the Gentiles. Verse 19. He says, And when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. Verse 20. He says, For it is not ye that speak. Lift your hands. Pray in the Holy Ghost. For it's not ye that speak. It is not ye that speak. By the spirit of your father, that's what he said there. By the spirit of your father, which speaketh in you. Thank you, Lord. He said, for it's not ye that speak. By the spirit of your father that speaketh in you. Be on your feet. Thank you, Lord. It's not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father that speaketh in you. You know, when we pray, we have to pray concerning utterance. We have to pray concerning utterance. Because every time we pray, a lot of the time, people pray concerning the things that they want and need and forget to pray concerning utterance that you will speak what you ought to speak anytime you go out sharing the gospel now can we try tonight can we try tonight share the gospel on your status tonight and before you do it you pray say Lord give me utterance you will notice well let me not tell you what you will notice but you will notice something you will just notice that the Lord is just giving you the words he's just telling you how to package it Make sure you do it tonight. You don't know who will be reading your status tonight. 
not only your status, use, you can use other um, social media platforms. You can use other ones. Um, when we close like that, you look for a place, pray in tongue for 15 minutes, meditate on this verse. Some of you can go live on Instagram. Some of you can use your Snapchat or your TikTok or whatever, right? And when you're there, and don't even type, don't only type, let me put it, those of you who are bold enough, of course, everybody has to be bold enough, those of you who are bold enough to show your face, speak. The Spirit of your Father will speak in you. The Spirit of your Father will speak in you. Every time I share a message, I want you to practice it. And that's the reason why I'm telling you to do this. Go and practice it. And on your way, if you meet anyone, the Spirit of God tells you, share the gospel with this person. The Spirit of your Father will speak in you. Lift your hand. We're going to pray concerning utterance. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, pray for me. And a door of utterance will be open unto me. A door of utterance will be open unto me. Pray for me. Oh, Rabakani Mashina Manapo. Sela Lala Bashiga, Labalakila Mandola Masia. Sobra Dabara Baba Baraba. Sharabakora Mandaraba Sarabaraba Shaba. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Pray concerning utterance. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us utterance. Thank you for giving us. Thank you for giving us utterance. Kora mandara baba 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 baba. Shira baba raba sada raba. Ha 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 ha. Ira mandora basa raba. As you said you will 
And all that we will require You willed it all to us Jesus, we are the fruits and splendor of your deeds Mast, you kept your word Just as you said you will All that we will desire You willed it all to us And this not been as feeble one through the years All because Lord, you're our dearest shepherd Oh, hallelujah Thank you, my Father Thank you for utterance Lord, even as the brethren go out to share the gospel tonight Thank you for giving them utterance Lord, they will have utterance and many people will be saved tonight. And Lord, even as they go out, people who are in depression will come out of it. Because you, Lord God, has given them the tongue of the learned to know how to speak a, a word in season to him that is weary. Lord, even as they go out tonight to share through various social media and to share even on the streets, Lord, there will be testimonies. Thank you, Lord, for giving them testimonies. Lord, some of them, their siblings will give their life to Christ tonight. Lord, some of them, their friends will give their life to Christ tonight. Because, Lord, you are giving them utterance. Lord, when they stand to speak, the Spirit of their Father will speak in them. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Every day is a glorious day The glory we have is not of this world For the world in its lust will pass away But we won't fade away Lord God, you are with us We will not be dismayed Lord Jesus, we are the fruits and splendor of your deeds. Master, Master, you kept your word just as you said you would. All that we will desire, you will do. kept your word just as you said you would 
all that we will desire you will it all to us all we know is your voice and there's not been a feeble one through the years all because Who wants to ask a question? All right. So he wants to ask a question. Who else? Okay. 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 Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. Um, thank you so much for what you shared with us today. My question is very simple. I just wanted to know the difference between the gift of teaching and then the utterance for preaching. Because with this, it's almost, there's a blurred line between that. When is it actually a gift that you're actually preaching? And is it one in the same? Do you, does the does utterance to preach have to be within that gift? The person with a gift of teaching will require this utterance to preach. Now, there's something I said, Model Church, that I didn't say here last Sunday. Now, you see, I'll use this phone as an example. See, this phone has many capacities and many capabilities. But it is the apps, all right? It's the apps in the phone that take you to the functionalities, all right? But the main thing is the phone. We can't use the app outside the phone, but the main thing is the phone. So I'll give you an example. Now, this same phone, the moment I open Pinterest, I'm going to start seeing pictures. And it's going to be pictures, 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 pictures in my Pinterest. So you see pictures at all. Then I go to Instagram, all right? Okay, so I've gone to Instagram and that's another different functionality. Then I have video recorder. Pinterest cannot record, uh, I have a voice recorder. Pinterest cannot do voice recording. By that. So the app is like the gift of the Holy Spirit. The, 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 what's making it function is the phone. So the Holy Spirit is the one speaking through you, but then he installs the gifts, like tongues. It's the Holy Spirit's functionality. But then why do you have to receive it as a gift? Why? He has to install the app so that that functionality can be there. The same with miracles. I remember I had been, I had been like you know, chasing the gift of miracles, seriously. You know, gift of miracles is different from you shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's the same thing you're asking. This is utterance, but there is the gift of it. That's like a step into it. Now, from the, from the, from the first step, which is um, you shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's every Christian's heritage. Like being able to preach the gospel is every Christian's heritage. But then if you're going to have the gift of teaching, that is going to be a little different. 
you have gone a bit further into it. So there are certain tools God will give you because of that gift. Like for example, I tell people all the time, I can prophesy, I pray for the sick and all that. But my strongest point in, my, in ministry is my teaching. So sometimes people ask, Pastor, how did you get to know this? Sometimes pastors ask me, how do you, how do you know this? Sometimes I tell them I did not read it in the Bible. I knew it before I saw it in the Bible. Why? There are tools that are given me for what God has called me to do. So sometimes I can be there. All of a sudden, I don't know who I was with, but we're just having a conversation, laughing. By the time I realized, boom, 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 light. And I'll start talking about that on Sunday. All of a sudden, I know this, I know this, I know this. I'm just talking, I'm just laughing. And I just carry my phone. Right, exactly what just came to my spirit, you know. Sometimes with the scripture, then the scripture will open. Okay, so this scripture means this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is not even waiting for you to be in a pensive mood. Then you tell you this scripture, this scripture. No, sometimes you're not in a pensive mood. You're just talking, you're laughing. <laughs> then all of a sudden, pump, pump, pump. Not related. You know, they are tools. Okay? So the gift is different from, you know, just having the utterance. One is, uh, is your right in Christ. Utterance your right in Christ. Because every Christian is supposed to preach. But then to have the gift of teaching. Now there's also the gift of preaching. The gift of preaching, the Bible calls them, um, is, is called exhortation. That's a very powerful thing. Have you ever seen people, you know, they open the Bible, one scripture, they will preach the whole hour. I cannot do it all. Ah, I'll need like 20. And I'll show you what Genesis said about, uh, what Jacob said about, uh, I have to show you all those things, what the angel said here, and uh, okay, let's go to this. Okay, let's go to this. I've just realized that that's my own. Some people, they pick one scripture and they will be on, you know, and mo most of them have, they have, okay, why can't I do that? Because I'm not giving utterance for that in ministry. Because such people, it, and it's not, they can pick one scripture, maybe, for God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. Then they start, you know, and God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. The last time you feared, it was not the Lord. It was your auntie. You they, they start talking and they seem, the words never finish. If I try that, no, I'll need another scripture to support me. The words never finish and they keep continuing the next word, the next word. And for some reason, some of those people, eh? And they open sometimes just one or two scriptures, the whole preaching. And some of those people, they just have a certain command over language. Certain words they will use. You'll be thinking, how did you think of this word? And if, I don't, I don't do that. Was the, um, the, the, uh, the, the hypothesis of scriptures, the scriptures, they have a certain command over language. It's an, it is a gift of utterance. It's utterance. But it's utterance in preaching. There's also utterance in teaching. You see, so there's a gift of that. But then there's also the office of teaching or the office of a teacher. People call themselves teachers when they are not. You know, before you can enter the office of a teacher, you should have raised other teachers. You understand? I can, I teach. Pastor Bill, I can teach. That makes Pastor Chris in the office of a teacher. You understand? Yes. And to get to those levels, it is... There's nothing. It's only faithfulness. Only God can take you there. So it's faithfulness. God gives you the... And every Christian starts, like for example, every Christian is a king and a priest. And one of the things of a priest is the priest should... The Bible says the lips of the priest should keep knowledge. That means the priest should be able to teach. 
It doesn't have to have a gift. So every Christian teaching, 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 the Holy Spirit matures it. Faithful with it. The person is faithful with it. So the person is always going for a cell meeting, always going for a cell meeting, teaching in a cell meeting. It doesn't look like it's anything serious, but it's teaching, teaching, teaching. One day the person will just realize that he has entered a certain realm. Now he has a certain command over teaching. If he's faithful with it, sometimes take years. The person can enter into their office. But it takes faithfulness to do that. The same with healing and miracles. Any Christian can lay hands on the sick. But God can give you something for the sick. Let me tell you something. What Pastor Chris does healing stream is not by faith. You want to go and try it? Go and try it. <laughs> they, bring, they bring somebody on, on a stretcher, wheelchair, stretcher, wheelchair in front of you. Ow. Heal. Then they stand up. They are running. Out. Stand up. Heal. <laughs> Faith. Someone like that, God has given him something to do it. I preached for so long, I never had people coming out of wheelchairs. Because those are Bible standard miracles. They are called mighty works or mighty deeds. I preached for so long, I was not having those things. I, I worried God. Sir. Worried God. Sir. Until one day I had, an, I had a certain encounter. I had experience, and they gave me something. You understand? From that time, I can call me and say, bring the sick. Do you understand? If you, are, if you don't have something, even you can't say it, bring the sick, the sick will come there and be looking at you like this. All right. Have I answered your questions? Great. Who else? There was a guy who, who lifted his hand there. Master, beautiful world, as you said you will All that we would require You willed it all to us